0: as now, alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, everyone, and welcome back to Prayers of the Pious. So one of the things that we see as a constant recurring theme is that these righteous people would have the most righteous and most beautiful of prayers uh, towards the end of their lives. Abu Bakr was a man that would give his life for the Prophet, peace be upon him, who uh, accompanied him in life and in death, right? is buried right next to him and who the Prophet, peace be upon him, mentioned would enter into Jannah uh, beside him. Uh, You can imagine how much Abu Bakr desired to be with the Prophet, peace be upon him after the Prophet, peace be upon him, passed away. You can imagine how much he looked to the signs of approval and the signs of continuity of what the Prophet, peace be upon him, impressed upon him after the Prophet, peace be upon him, departed uh, from this world. And so Abu Bakr was blessed with a beautiful ending. He was blessed to die on the same day of the week that the Prophet, peace be upon him, passed away. The same age that the Prophet peace be upon him passed away, the age of 63, which was the way that uh, the, the same age that Abu Bakr, Umar and Ali uh, all died uh, at the same age as the Prophet peace be upon him, at the age of 63, and he uh, he took such great comfort in knowing that it was the same day and he was the same age and he dressed himself in the same way that the Prophet peace be upon him dressed himself as he was about to pass away, and Abu Bakr uh, calls out with this beautiful uh, du'a. He says, Allahumma ja'al khayra zamani akhirahu." Oh Allah, let the best of my lifetime be its ending. What a magnificent life this man has lived, but let the best of my life be its ending. Wa khayra amali khawatimahu. And my best deed be the one that I seal my life with. Abu Bakr has an impressive resume, may Allah be pleased with him, but let the best deed be the one that I seal my life with. Not deeds. That best deed, the last deed that I do. And then he said ألقاك, and let the best of my days be the day that I meet you. This is a powerful and beautiful dua. Uh, one of the things that Abu Bakr did when he passed away is he uh, he mentioned the dua of Yusuf السلام, Let me die as a Muslim and follow in the path of the righteous and, and, and be accompanied by the righteous. But this is a, uh, a beautiful way for all of us to call upon Allah because it encompasses the last of your days in terms of time, the last of your deeds to the very specificity of that, uh, that last deed and the last of your days to that, that day that you meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being the best day of your life. So again, the du'a was Allahumma ja'al khayra zamani akhirahu wa khayra amali khawatimahu wa khayra ayyami yawm al Oh Allah, let the best of my lifetime be its ending. And my best deed be the one that I seal my life with. And the best of my days be the day that I meet you. Allahumma ameen. Jazakumullahu khairan Inshallah ta'ala. We'll see you next time. Wassalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.
1: Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the book club show on Inspire 105.1 FM. My name is Imranam Mahmood and it is Tuesday the 22nd of June. And it's just gone past 10 o'clock. You just heard there um, an excerpt from uh, Imam Omar Suleiman on his book Prayers of the Pious. Um, And the reason for um, listening to that was because this is the book that we're going to be looking um, at today and discussing some of the themes Um, which are contained in the book. Um, So I thought it'd be a good start to um, have a listen on one of his um, YouTube um, sessions that he did as part of Ramadan, um, I think about three years ago. Um, So since then, it has all of these... um, Prayers have been um, compiled into a book by um, the Eugene Institute. Um, so just to give you a bit of background on the book itself, the blurb says, This inspirational collection of prayers and reminders is the perfect companion for anyone who wishes to connect to the divine. Sheikh Umar Suleiman provides us with 30 short prayers taken from the teaching of, of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the early generations, which... Um, each with a short reminder to deepen the impact of the prayer in our lives. Prayers of the Pious provide spiritual gems that serve as valuable wisdom and practical advice for the soul. By reading the short work with an attentive heart, the reader can cultivate love for God and his messenger وسلم, and live life with gratitude and contentment. Um, so some background to Imam Umar Suleiman, for those of you who may not know, he is the founder and president of the Eugene Institute for Islamic Research and professor of Islamic studies at Southern Methodist University in Dallas, USA. Um, and the Ageen Institute itself um, is obviously quite a well known um, institute. I think many of us who maybe during Ramadan have been listening to some of the um, different series that Imam Umar Suleiman. Um, presents, I think might have taken quite a lot of benefit during Ramadan. Um, this book in particular has been published by Q Publishing, and obviously they um, they publish many different books, especially, obviously, uh, specifically for um, Islamic literature. Um, now, one of the reasons that kind of inspired me to discuss Prayers of the Pious in the show today is because um, I was really, really um, I think Spiritually uplifted when I was listening to um, the um, series, the most recent series by Imam Umar Suleiman um, during um, Ramadan this year, uh, which was looking specifically at um, the Prophet. Sallam. The year before, um, Imam Umar Suleiman had a whole series looking at angels um, in our presence. Um, and I realized that actually I hadn't listened to the series, which was based on prayers of the Pious, So, And it, this is a book that's been recommended to me um, by many. Many, many people so um it's actually a really really lovely book it's um i've got it's in hardback the uh, cover itself has um a beautiful kind of deep um blue um in terms of uh, the color and there's a tree um in the middle where, where you can see branches and leaves almost kind of being um kind of ascending into heaven. Um so it's a really, really lovely um I could think kind of a metaphor on how the fact that when we pray and out the hours that we wake to Allah, they obviously rise to the heavens, they rise to Allah, and um in, in the idea that obviously, inshallah, our prayers are listened to and they're answered. Um so I thought it'd be really lovely um to talk a little bit about um this book and some of the prayers which which I included in the book. So I'm just going to start then with what you would have heard um, from that YouTube um, um, series by Imam Omar Suleiman. So the first, um, and actually before I do that, it might actually be worth just having um, a bit of a read of the introduction itself, just to give you a bit of context on what the book um, is hoping um, to, to kind of, I think, how it is uh, trying to reach uh, readers. The introduction starts by saying, there is a great scholar by the name of Muhammad al-Mukhtar al-Shinkiti, may Allah be pleased with him, who once made a very profound comment. He said that people had reached a point in their ignorance of Allah that they don't even call out to him anymore. They don't know how to have a personal conversation with God. If you think about what a personal du'a looks like, the word in Arabic is munaj, intimate conversation. Um, Allah, glorified and exalted as he, doesn't care if it rhymes or how it sounds or even in what language you call out to him. It doesn't matter what's important is how sincere it is. So Imam Ahmed, may Allah be pleased with him, was once asked, what is the distance between us and the throne of God? A pious prayer from a pure heart was his reply. That's how we connect to Allah, glorified and exalted his E. When we look at uh, at the prophetic prescriptions of prayers, the best prayers and the best supplications are the one taught to us by the Quran, by the divine revelation and by the Prophet, peace be upon him, who encouraged the people around him to learn to call upon Allah in a personal way. If you look at the companions of the Prophet, peace be upon him, they are essentially a generation of yaqeen, of certainty. They are a generation of being connected to Allah, glorified and exalted is he, in their own unique ways." Um, so the introduction then goes to um, goes on to explain that this prayers of pious was something which was recorded as part of the UK Institute during Ramadan 2018 Um, and it's very much this idea of having almost like a, a du'a journal which I really love the idea of because I think many of us probably have set du'as that we like to ask but actually being able to almost have kind of like a a journal that we can actually write our du'as down but obviously having a book or a copy of Prayers of the Pious is really lovely um, a book to have because not only is it kind of prescribing certain du'as to make it's giving you context of who made the du'a, why it was made and um, what kind of meaning it had you know uh, behind it and I think it makes it so much more um I think meaningful for the one who's actually asking you know the prayer and obviously you also feel I think in my opinion kind of a deeper connection to the companion of the Prophet Sallallahu um, Alaihi and you know others that are mentioned um in the book itself um so definitely I think it's it's book worth having um and and like I said obviously this was part of Ramadan so maybe you know but obviously um, it it can very easily be used um outside of uh, Ramadan um as well um so the first du'a in the book it does open up with um the du'a which the chapter is the best of my days um so the du'a itself is oh Allah let the best of my lifetime be its ending and my best deed be that which I seal my life with and the best of my days the day I meet you. So a constantly recurring theme is that the pious predecessors the Salaf deliver the most righteous and most beautiful prayers toward the end of their lives. Abu Bakr anhu was a man that would give his life for the Prophet peace be upon him and he accompanied him in life and in death. He is buried right now, right next to the Prophet, peace be upon him, who mentioned that Abu Bakr would enter into Jannah beside him. You can imagine how much Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, desired to be with the Prophet, peace be upon him, after he passed away. How much he looked to the signs of approval and the signs of continuity of what the Prophet, peace be upon him, impressed upon him after he departed from this world. Now, this is a du'a, so I'm just going to repeat the du'a again. So, oh, Allah, let the best of my lifetime be its ending, and my best deed be that which I seal my life with, and the best of my days the day I meet you. Um, and I think it's such a beautiful and profound du'a for the, um, you know, to, to begin with, because I know I'd say that many of us, and this is obviously probably mostly, you know, um, maybe talking about myself, that we get so, I think, um, kind of, lost in our day-to-day lives and the routines that we have so obviously um maybe you know we we have children and we're working and we have you know lots of errands to do during the day um we have different commitments different deadlines and you know I think we type tend to find that actually time is feels like it's slipping through our fingers um and I was having a conversation with somebody recently and just trying to you know and it's a very common metaphor to use that you know kind of holding on to time it's like you know you're you trying to hold on to water you never be able to actually do that and it will literally you know slip out uh, slip from your fingers and and I think we we do forget that you know well many of us probably try to um save time or make as much time as we can but actually we know that um slowly slowly you know time is is something out of our hands because ultimately it is Allah who's created time and Allah who controls everything um and you know again it's something we're always reminded about that you know life you know there will be a time when in the afterlife we will think back to the think back to the dunya, think back to this life, and it, it will feel like we, we'd only spent maybe a day or half a day in this dunya subhanallah. Um so I think it's a really important thing that actually we do think about you know our days um in dunya but also how our end of days will be. Um, so this are you know thinking about or or kind of asking that oh Allah make the best of my days the day That I meet you. So this idea that you know we're kind of confronting, you know, constantly the idea that actually this life it's um it's temporary, is impermanent, um, that we are meant to be like strangers in the dunya, and we're kind of, you know, life is definitely fleeting. Um, and for you know, Sayyidina Abu to have made a dua like this where you know, despite obviously all his amazing and beautiful deeds, um, you know, both in the open, but obviously the good deeds that he also um, did in secret, for him still want to be longing to ensure that even his ending would be a good ending. Um, um, and I think it's a really good reminder that it's, it should be something that we are always, um, you know, thinking about. Um, I mean, Imam Umar Sulaiman in this particular chapter. You know he just ends this bit by you know by saying that uh, this is an admirable admirable way for all of us to call upon allah because it encompasses the last of our days in terms of time the last of our deeds to the very specificity of that last deed and the last of our days the day that we meet allah glorified and exalted is he being the best day of our life you know because i know a lot of us i think we probably think about death um And they might be surrounded with some kind of tint of sadness or some kind of like longing on wanting maybe uh, maybe a longer life or something. But, you know, the idea that actually we should want, you know, to long for the reunion with Allah. um, But, you know, I think it's so nice to think about what would that last deed of ours be? You know, and inshallah, it will be a good deed, no matter how small or insignificant it could seem you know in the eyes of Allah I think if if it's something which is um, meaningful that you're doing it with the intention of pleasing Allah I think the most um, smallest of deeds can actually be the most um, you know rewarding inshallah so I thought that was a really lovely um, kind of du'a for the book to open up with and it gives you a real uh, kind of idea of what the book is um, about and how many other du'as they'll obviously uh, be included. Um, so another a couple of du'as um, I thought would be really nice to um, kind of look at. So this is actually number seven in the book. And the the title of the chapter is, Oh Allah, you know that I love you. Um, so this du'a says, Oh Allah, I seek shelter with you from the mornings and evenings in the hellfire. Oh Allah, this is my last hour in this world. You know that I certainly love you. So bless my meeting with you. So the chapter goes on to say, when you look at the companions of the Prophet, peace be upon him, you find a man by the name of Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman, may Allah be pleased with him, the secret keeper of the Prophet, peace be upon him. He was the one with whom the Prophet, peace be upon him, entrusted the name of the hypocrites, Munafiqun. Hudefa said that people used to ask the Prophet, peace be upon him, about the good things like jannah and hopeful things. But I used to ask him about evil and evil consequences so that I could avoid those things. Hudayfa used to make this du'a, O oh Allah, I seek shelter with you from mornings and evenings in the hellfire, meaning that he did not want to touch the hellfire in any way whatsoever. He was afraid of punishment and he didn't want to encounter it in any way. When Hudayfa was about to die, he made this supplication and one gets goosebumps just thinking about it. He said, Oh Allah, this is my last hour in this world. Oh Allah, you know that I certainly love you. So bless my meeting with you. So Imam Umar goes on to say, how much love do you have to have for Allah and the confidence in that love as you're departing from this world? That you can say, you know how much I love you. This is a test for all of us. Um, so i thought actually this really really did make me think that how many of us would be able to have the confidence to really truly believe that we could say with allah's our witness that oh allah you know that i love you because we all know that actually um actions you know actions are by intentions and what is our intention and i think sometimes you know it's important that we can keep renewing our intentions because we might start You know, with something, I wanted to do a really good deed, but we know Shaitan can get in the way, our ego, and nafs can get in the way. And suddenly, before we know it, we've done a deed, but actually, we've done it for other than the sake of Allah. Maybe we've done it to please, you know, other human beings around us. And quickly, before you know, without even realizing, we've, you know, made the intention to do a good deed, but then it's slightly lost. We've, you know, we've kind of lost ourselves on the way. But, you know, obviously, if we truly love Allah, we obviously need to do all those things with a sound heart. Um, We need to have that, obviously, that certainty and belief that But we do love Allah. You know, we are Muslim. um, We have pride in our faith that we are able to, to the best of our ability, follow the sunnah, follow um, the obligations that we have to Allah. But then even more than that, you know, maybe spending extra time doing something which is, you know, um, extra to that so that's kind of the wisdom behind the fact that we obviously have uh, in our salah we have the fard we have the sunnah we also then have the nafal. um so any you know extra worship that we do obviously we get extra reward for that and that is obviously out of love you know if we want to you know a particular sunnah the fact that we know that smiling is sunnah you know just to even do that very act out of love for allah out of wanting to please him you know that can be a really profound I think action of showing that how much we love Allah so I mean it really does make me think that you know um somebody like um uh the companion you know Hudayfa ibn al-Yamin the fact that you know it, it does make me think how subhanAllah beautiful his deeds must have been during his lifetime um you know to have that sanctity you know to say that you know how much I love you and I think you know that's probably in and of itself the word that we'd want to make or I certainly would want to make that Allah you know just even give me the ability to love you to that extent that I can be in a position to say that Allah that you know that I love you so that really did um, you know really made me reflect actually on on the actions that we do why we do them you know the importance um, of intentions etc as well so I thought that was it was definitely one uh, one of my favourites um, in the in the book itself, Prayers of the Pious, and definitely uh, the one that made me reflect quite a lot. Um, now, another um, du'a in Prayers of the Pious was the title, The Prayer of a Tree. So I'm just going to read um, that du'a out. So it says, Oh Allah, Write for me a reward with you because of it, the prostration, and remove remove from me a sin because of it, and stow it for me as a treasure with you, and accept it from me as you have accepted it from your servant Dawood. Upon him be blessings and peace. So this chapter goes on to say, we have looked at the prayers of people that aren't entirely heroes or villains, of many of the companions and the righteous predecessors or of scholars, and even unknown people who were able to benefit some of these great scholars. But what about the du'a of a tree? This is a hadith, an authentic one from al-Dirmidhi, of a man who had a dream of a tree making du'a, and he conveyed this dream to the prophet peace be upon him. So the Prophet, peace be upon him, used to ask the companions, who amongst you saw a dream last night that, would, that we could benefit from? A man stood up and said to the Prophet, peace be upon him, O Messenger of Allah, last night I had a dream, a very strange dream. He said, while I was sleeping, it was as if I was praying behind a tree. It was a tree which was basically my imam. And in brackets it says, and dreams can obviously have different symbols and different meanings. I was praying, and there was a tree in front of me. I prostrated, and then the tree prostrated as well. And then I heard the tree make the ah. Uh, the tree said, O oh Allah, write for me a reward with you because of it, the prostration, and remove from me a sin because of it. And accept it from me as you accepted it from your servant David. Upon him be blessings and peace. The tree is making du'a and obviously it's not an actual tree, but the man is learning a prayer and everything glorifies Allah. The Prophet peace be upon him loves this this narration so much and saw it as a form of divine wisdom and pleasure that he made sujood and made the same du'a, which teaches us many lessons. One of the things we learn is that you are making sujood as you are pr- um, prostrating beloved and the most beloved position that you are in um, with Allah is prostration. This is a lesson that Sufyan ibn um, Uyayna, may Allah be pleased with him, mentioned. Only human beings can make a perfect sujood. Our bodies are created to pray, to prostrate. All of our limbs touch the ground the way they do, with our foreheads on the ground calling upon Allah in prayer and humility. And there's nothing more beloved to Allah than that. Um, so I thought it, the, the book itself, Prayers um, in um, of the Pious, at the end of each chapter, it has um, a lovely kind of page which is coloured in red and it has white text. Um, and it kind of takes out sp- Specific kind of um, excerpts from the um, chapter itself. So, this in in particular, it it says, You are closest to Allah in your prostration. So, when you go into prostration, that's the time to make special prayer. Um, So, that's a really kind of good reminder. But I think this, when I was reading this, it really did make me think actually that our connection to nature um, and actually how important it is to have that connection to nature because even you know sometimes I think if we're in the right frame of mind and we look at the trees you know the fact that it does seem you know that they the branches themselves the leaves the trees are in in themselves kind of prostrating to Allah Um, and I think that you know, this idea that this man, uh, the, one of the companions, he had a dream um, of the, you know, the, the tree being almost um, uh, in, uh, an imam. But obviously, more importantly, the the significance of sujood and being on prostration and the fact that we are literally putting ourselves in a position of complete loneliness, um, obviously, in with this idea that Allah is great and Allah is the greatest Um, and I think that kind of humility that it creates but also I think um, just the idea that you know, obviously we know that dreams, uh, there, there is truth in dreams, especially good dreams as well. Um, and, you know, I think it was so nice and really lovely just to hear actually the Prophet's reaction to hearing um, the companion's dream and the fact that he himself also went into sujood. Um, and again, you know, even making us think about the way Allah's designed us and created us, the fact that actually we are um, perfectly designed to be in frustration. Um, you know, and I think it just makes... Um, us well I mean it just I think it should really make us think of, of the blessings of the fact that, that we are able to prostrate and go into prostration I think that's um really important a really lovely um kind of thought to have um, so we are approaching um the end of the first half of the show um, I am going to play another little um a recording by um, Imam um, Omar Suleiman which was part of his recorded series of Prayers of the Pious um, a few years ago um, so I hope you enjoy um, listening to that and then obviously we will discuss a few more du'as after the break inshallah so I will see you shortly assalamu Alaikum assalamu Alaikum this is Atif Nawaz listen to InspireFM shows in your time by heading over to InspireFM.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify <laughs>
0: There's a story of a man in Sahih Muslim that you may have heard about, but I want to focus on one particular element of his story. The man's name is Awais Al-Qarni. May Allah be pleased with him. And this was a man that the Prophet, peace be upon him, spoke about, though he never met him. Um, and he told the companions, if you ever meet this man, then you should ask Allah. You should ask him to ask Allah to seek forgiveness for you because of his closeness with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he gave some descriptions about Awais radiAllahu ta'ala anhu. So, Umar ibn al-Khattab, every single year as people would come from Hajj, he would ask the caravans, particularly from Yemen, is this man a waste amongst you? Until finally he finds him and he starts to ask all of these questions about his description, where he's from, what tribe he's from, and if he is the man who the Prophet was talking about. The Prophet, peace be upon him, described his deeds, however, in two ways. He said that this man had leprosy, and he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to cure him from that leprosy, except for the size of a coin, except for the size of a dirham. And this was a man that used to be generous or used to uh, show extreme obedience or would show extreme obedience to his mother. And because of the obedience he showed to his mother, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honored him. And Umar ta'ala anhu, after setting out and understanding who this man was and that it was indeed him, Umar asked him and requested him to seek forgiveness from Allah for him. Usually with this narration we focus on the mother part, on the fact that the greatest way to come close to Allah is to honor your parents. And uh, Ibn Abbas said that I do not know of any action that brings a person closer to God than the honoring of one's mother. But I want to actually focus on the sentence before that that doesn't usually get talked about in the explanation of the hadith and, and doesn't usually get talked about in the context of dua. The man had leprosy and he asked Allah to cure him from leprosy but he asked Allah to leave a dirham size, a coin size of that leprosy on him and that's really interesting. Why do you think he would do that? He did that so that he could always remember the pain that he suffered and the need to be grateful for Allah subhanahu wa taala curing him and he wanted that to always be a reminder for him and that's a very powerful example of character that many times we call upon Allah in our desperation we ask Allah to remove that hardship from us but as you know and we make promises to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but as soon as Allah removes that hardship from us and we make that promise to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we become heedless once again and we forget not only the blessing of the removal of that hardship but we forget the promises that we made to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but this is an extraordinary lesson that when you're calling upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and asking for Him to relieve you of a hardship, ask Allah to also maintain the lesson of that hardship for you. Because the closest you are to Allah is often in your deepest moments of vulnerability and hardship. And you don't want that to leave you. Because many times when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes something away from you, He gives you something better. And the greatest thing that Allah can give you in exchange for something you lose of this world is Himself. And that's what Uwais al Qarni gained in his hardship, that deep relationship to Allah that he never wanted to forget, even as he wanted to be cured from that leprosy. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us that humility. May Allah relieve us of our hardships, but not allow us to forget the lessons that we learn in our hardships. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the best of this life and the next. Allahumma ameen. Jazakum wa khairan. See you all next time, inshallah. As salamu alaykum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh.
1: Assalamualaikum and welcome back to the Book Club show on Inspire 105.1 FM. My name is Imrana and today we are discussing Prayers of the Pious by Imam Umar Suleiman. This is a book which is actually um, following a series that Imam Umar Suleiman recorded in Ramadan in 2018 as part of Uqin Institute. Uh, the book itself has been published by Cube Publishing. Um, in the first half, we were just um, talking a little bit about some of the du'as um, in the book you know it's a really an inspirational collection of dwaz uh, of prayers of reminders um from the companions and other uh, prized pre- uh, predecessors um, and I think I mentioned in the first half of the book it's a really lovely uh, book to have that you can kind of um, just pick up pick a certain du'a maybe on a particular day and really have time to reflect on it uh, what's so amazing is so it's not just like a list of du'as it's actually giving the context of the du'a who who made the du'a you know and sum of reflections by um, Imam uh, Suleiman himself um, so it's something I think you know really to ponder. And um really utilise, I think, both whether it's within um you know uh, within Ramadan or even outside of it. Um so you would have just heard um one of the YouTube um recordings of one of the du'as. So try, I really wanted to um just spend um a bit of time um thinking about and, and kind of talking and discussing um so i'm just going to um, remind you of what that du'a was so the chapter itself uh, in this book is actually chapter 18 and it says a reminder of my illness so the du'a was that remove the illness O sustainer of mankind cure the disease for you are the one who cures there is no cure except your cure grant me a cure that leaves no illness um and as you would have heard you know imam um you know Kind of explaining there's two bits to this um dua. obviously the first and the context is that it was um a, a dua by um may Allah be pleased with him um so it's somebody that Prophet Salim had never actually met but he who he had spoken about um and he was um suffering from leprosy and obviously Imam Suleiman explains there's obviously one context to dua about the importance of um uh, the importance of being obedient to your parents and um, through your parents' the du'as, obviously, becoming closer to Allah. Um, but of course, you know, uh, Imam Suleiman then focuses on the second um, part of the context of the du'a the fact that when he asked Allah um, to cure him from leprosy, he said, except for a piece the size um, of a coin. And then, obviously, um, the explanation is the fact that um the reason for this was that he wanted obviously the um removal of the hardship but only you know to keep a part of it to remind him um to be grateful Um, and i thought oh my goodness that you know how many of us you know actually do ask for um you know certain um conditions that you know that can be both physical or mental or any condition that we might have that we want allah to um, to remove from us to um have healing from you know but how much you know I guess um conviction one must have in their faith to actually then not you know to ask Allah to keep part of that um kind of hardship with you just so you could actually you know have a reminder to be grateful you know subhanAllah it really did um make me think so much about the the um the strength, I think, you know, spiritual strength of so many of the companions of the Prophet Selim and our, you know, our, our pious predecessors, um, the strengthen their conviction, um, yes, strengthen their, you know, faith, as I said, um, to be able to ask such a dua and obviously, you know, and how much we can actually learn and the reminder that it gives us that um, you know, even when we're really, really vulnerable, um, you know we need to remember that Allah is always there and there's always things even within hardship Um, you know as it says in the Quran very very um, within hardship there is ease Um, and this idea that yes you know despite what hardship we might be experiencing there will always be um, a way to find the ease um, and to be able to um, be grateful even you know during hardship so I thought this was a really really lovely du'a to be included in the book. It's one that I had not um actually come across um prior to, to this book. And I think that's what's one of the great things actually about having um prayers of the pious that there are actually many du'a's that I didn't know of uh, before or if I had heard of them I didn't you know completely uh, know what the context you know was um, behind it but inshallah you know we ask Allah to uh, remove um, any um, hardships that we have to um, but more importantly I guess to be grateful for the ease that Allah um, that Allah grants us and to always be grateful um to be grateful in ease to be patient in hardship I think obviously two of the most important things that we could perhaps um ask for inshallah so I thought that was a really really great hadith um to to kind of um look at um the hadith straight off sorry the dua straight after that um is called make me better um and it says oh allah make me better than how they think of me and forgive me for what they do not know about me and do not take me to account for what they say about me so the chapter um goes on to say that other people may think of us as us may think of us things that are not true. Um, And one of the most feared thoughts for those that are often glorified or someone who is given undue praise is that because they don't meet that praise, when they meet Allah, glorified and exalted is he, they are held accountable for those things other people say of them of good. The Prophet, peace be upon him, told us of this frightening scenario, that when someone is buried and people start to eulogize about them and say good things, the angels poke at that person and ask them if they were really as they say they were. Was that person really as the people described them? you know we look at celebrity culture and how much you know emphasis we put on you know these other human beings that because we think they've achieved a certain thing in life we put them on a really really high pedestal and then how does it feel when um, that individual then makes a mistake and you know suddenly they aren't this great fantastic person that they you know that we thought they were and how actually that does affect Iman. you know we you know I guess just an example could be you know looking at some of the you know influences on on YouTube or Instagram you know what kind of effect um, they have um, and not only that even if we look at some of you know some you know what are deemed as um, scholars or faith leaders and you know when they make a mistake or when they've done something which we feel is not really in accordance with you know it's um, in it's Islamic etiquette I guess you know what does that do and because we've constantly created this platform for people that of course you know alhamdulillah you know they've done some really, really good for the community or you know for, for For multiple things you know but everything should always be um, a balance i think subhanallah that is the one thing when it comes to um our faith you know we know that islam is meant to be the middle way it is it is a way of balance it is having that kind of um perception of what is right of what is wrong um and obviously yes of course you know um recognizing someone's achievement but also understanding that that achievement has come from allah and um, that any good that comes it comes from allah it doesn't necessarily come and um, for our own selves but of course at the same time we want to have that um kind of good intention and 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 those good actions um so yeah so this are about you know make me better than they think or what they say about me and actually even you know to the extent that even the angels at the time of our death will almost kind of be you know questioning us about what the people are saying you know it's really a stark reminder of actually the reality of death and what the afterlife means obviously we know that it, the dunya has come to end but it doesn't mean life itself has ended obviously the afterlife and that stage of our um kind of soul departing from the dunya but then entering into the other realm that will always be ongoing and the fact that you know that there'll be a whole I think a whole journey still to to be on in in you know becoming or, inshallah getting to jannah um so yeah that's definitely something um to uh reflect on and i think it's a really important um dua that does definitely teach us a lot and like i said in the book uh, at the end of each section um it has a, a kind of a, a point to sum up um what the chapter is about so in this one in particular it just says that the shahada the witnessing of the people on this earth should mean something of good and we want to make sure that we're actually living up to that and that it is not all a false portrayal. Um, so subhanAllah, I guess, you know, again, this idea of putting up a facade of some sort or, you know, pretending to be some something or someone that we're not, you know, in the long run is, you know, it's damaging. It's damaging both for the person themselves, but obviously for the people around them as well. So definitely, um something um to to remember in terms of that dua oh allah i I ask you for faith that does not unravel and delight that never depletes and the companion of the companionship of your prophet muhammad peace and blessings be upon him in the highest eternal garden So the chapter goes on to say often you come across a narration where the Prophet peace be upon him is walking past someone or someone's house or he may see someone in the masjid and overhear supplication and he actually approves of that supplication or expresses awe. Imagine the scene therefore where the Prophet peace be upon him is walking the streets of Medina one night with Abu Bakr and Umar. May Allah be pleased with them. And through the mosque of the Prophet, and they come across Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, may Allah be pleased with him, standing, immersed in his prayers and calling upon Allah, glorified and exalted is he, with the most beautiful of recitation. Of course, the recitation of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud was so beloved by the Prophet, peace be upon him, that he would ask Abdullah to recite the Quran for him. These three great men are walking through Medina and come across this man calling upon Allah, crying and immersed in his recitation. And then he starts to make his dua. As he is doing so, the Prophet stops and listens to the words of his supplication. Then he says, go ahead and ask and you will be given. Ask and you will be given. Abu Bakr and Umar wish that they could have that blessing at that moment. Can you imagine a believer asking from Allah in his um, du'a and the Prophet peace be upon him saying, ask and you will be given, ask and you will be given. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud makes his du'a and at the end of his, the supplication, the Prophet says, Ameen. It doesn't get better than that. And that his dua was so precious to Abdullah ibn Masood, he said, by Allah, I have never prayed a single prayer, not an obligatory prayer nor voluntary prayer, except at the end of my salah, it encompasses everything. SubhanAllah. So actually just reading that was giving me goosebumps because, um, you know, it's true, I think just to imagine the fact that if you were if any one of us was doing a du'a and then you know the Prophet is just walking past and for him to hear it and then for him to say um, the ask and you will be given and then him also to say ameen at the under the, the du'a subhanallah you know and I completely understand you know you can almost feel and imagine and understand how um, and why Sayyidina Abu Bakr and Sayyidina Umar would have felt that they had wished to have that blessing because I guess, you know, for us for Muslims who have never met the Prophet, um, the fact that we still believe in him, um, I think we truly do understand, you know, the I think the magnitude um and you know the fact that where we had we had the blessing of being in the presence the of them i mean that would have been an amazing blessing um in itself um and then i think this idea of him you know even saying i mean to your du'a i mean it's kind of blowing my mind to be honest this idea subhanAllah so um it's a really it's a yeah it's a really lovely um i think du'a to have but obviously um in addition to that um the du'a obviously even um um I've just kind of lost it. Abdullah ibn Masood. Uh, the fact that he also asked in the Dua and um, for the companionship companionship of the Prophet Sallam, um, you know, it does make you think that actually, how much love um, this companion must have for the Prophet Sallam, obviously, because that is what he's asking for. He just wants to have the Prophet Sallam's um, companionship um, in in Jannah um, but also not even necessarily you know if even says in the book that um, so Abdullah asked Allah for the companionship of his prophet Muhammad in the highest eternal garden so Abdullah didn't just want to be in Jannah or even to be in the highest level of Jannah but he wanted the companionship of his prophet and that's how obviously um precious that request um was for him so to imagine you know making that du'a and then the prophet himself saying i mean to that you know subhanAllah i think it's really um a, a beautiful thing to, to kind of imagine and, and to think about um so alhamdulillah i think you know it like i said um, earlier on this is a really lovely um a copy, uh, or you know, book to have prayers of the pious by Imam or Masalimani. Um, it was it's been recommended to me um over over quite a couple of a couple of years, you know, and um, by different people, and um I was really glad to have bought it. I did actually buy it um before Ramadan because I thought I'd really like to have um a list of duas that I can make during Ramadan. Um and obviously we had a bit of a discussion actually. It's almost like having a journal. And I think even nowadays there's the idea of having a Quran journal that you know just to help us to kind of segment our understanding of the quran you know just so we can so i think a nice one to end on um would be this du'a which is titled my love for you so um du'a says oh allah you took back the soul of Sahil, abd um abd al-malik and muzahim and it only made me love you more and more desirous Um, of what awaits with you so take back my soul without me being negligent or careless there is probably nothing more difficult than um, that can happen to a person losing a child there are many efforts that try to help people cope with the loss of a child because it truly alters a person's life and may Allah glorified and exalted is he bring peace and comfort to all those parents that have lost children and allow their children to bring them into jannah ameen It's a nightmare that none of us want, but the Prophet went through six times as he had to bury six of his seven children. How after burying your wife and six of your seven children in your own lifetime and with everything else that's going on, do you have the emotional capacity to smile at everyone and still have so much time to give so many people around you? Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, may Allah be pleased with him, lost three of his children, Sahal Abd al-Malik and Muzahim, even though he died barely reaching the age of 40 and he made this profound du'a to Allah. Umar did not claim that he was not hurt by the loss of his children, it's natural, and the Prophet himself cried when his children passed away. But what he said was that the loss of his children did not make him resent Allah. It actually increased his love for him and made him desire the hereafter, um, which awaits me with you even more. He went on asking Allah to take back my soul as he took the souls of his children, were not to let him be negligent or behave in a way that displeases him. Um, so again, one of the main excerpts that the chapter ends with is, it just says the loss of his children did not make him resent Allah. It actually increased his love for him and made him desire the hereafter. Um so, alhamdulillah, I think it's just again just this idea that even when we're suffering really great pain, um, that we maybe just need to remind ourselves to that hereafter is the hereafter which is the ultimate goal and more important than anything um, that's obviously where we want to reach and inshallah that's kind of the um, focus that we want to have that whatever we do in our lives that and whatever I think Allah whatever Allah's will is that we're able to accept it and of course it's difficult and you know we have difficulty and there is hardship and to be but do our best to be patient um, and do our best to you know find some sort of support and that kind of strength to hold on to and that resolve because we know that Allah does not place a burden uh, on the soul that it cannot bear and I think that always sometimes a bit of a reminder um, as to the fact that you know, Allah does love us. And despite, you know, some of what is going on in the dunya, and there is a lot of love and mercy. And I think it's just a means of how and where we can find that love and mercy. It could be in something as simple as um, your child smiling at you. It could be as simple as, you know, maybe witnessing somebody just uh, move an object, you know, on the side of the street so it doesn't become an obstruction, you know, for somebody. It could be somebody giving some... Um, you know, money in charity. You know, there's so many small acts that we might see on a daily, daily base, basis, where we can see the beauty of uh, humanity, and we can see the beauty in each other. And I think if we can focus on those things, um, and f- you know, inshallah, it's something to kind of beautify our um, our lives with, our personalities with, our homes with. You know, inshallah. So I think um, it's always um, important to be able to do that. Um, so that was Prayers of the Pious by um, Imam Umrah Suleiman. Obviously, I've only kind of selected, um, you know, just a, a very few of them. The book itself, I think it has a total, obviously, because it was part of the Ramadan series. It has 30 uh, prayers in total. But again, obviously, it's giving uh, a bit of the context um, as well. It, it um, I think at the end, there is... We're just trying to look as we're kind of going along. Um, so when I mentioned um, the journal, actually there is a small section at the back and it says, use this section to note down your personal prayers." You may wish to use keyword keywords for inspiration. So for example, um, the, it says prayer notes, it says, starts with my Lord. And then there's some keywords, for example, forgiveness, hope, paradise, the hereafter and forever. Um, and then there's an, uh, it goes on uh, prayer notes starting with different names of Allah so there's O Creator, O Provider, um, O Turn of Hearts so actually it's really lovely that the book itself you can actually use a journal um, you know, the last few pages at the end, um, which is, I think it's really lovely exercise once you've read um, the whole book to then really reflect. And actually it's really um, helpful to have those keywords because sometimes I think we are at a loss of words, you know, we're talking to our creator and obviously things come very naturally. And I think the most important thing is for our to be really heartfelt and come straight from um kind of deep uh, i guess within our soul but then sometimes i think in that being able to write something down um it means that we don't have to kind of um and ah, which i to be honest <laughs> sometimes do um quite a bit but yeah so i think it's a, a great book to have um but i will be back obviously inshallah um in a couple of weeks with a new book and um, some guests obviously if there are any particular books that you um, have enjoyed reading maybe during Ramadan or just uh, more recently please do get in touch with um, Inspire FM I always love to receive uh, book recommendations um, and any excuse to buy new books to be honest and as much as that might um, annoy my husband um, you know I do have bookshelves where I can put my books um, after I've obviously read them Um, so yes please to get in touch with Inspire FM, um in the studio if there are any books in particular that you would like me to discuss if you are at all interested in even being a guest on the show um I would be more than um, happy to have you on and maybe we can discuss some themes of favorite book um together and I guess it can and it can um be any kind of genre it doesn't have to necessarily be um, Islamic literature it can be any um any type of book, fiction, non-fiction. Uh, but the main thing is that we have kind of gained some benefit from the discussion um, itself, inshallah. So um, like I said, I'll be back in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, please keep uh, myself and my family in your du'as and I will see you very soon. So, as Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org?